Good afternoon, America, and welcome to another edition of The Sea Report. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope you all are having a fabulous day on this Tuesday, June 1st, 2021. I'm your host, Mr. C, and uh, we, have, uh, we have a pretty good show for you guys today. I would like to say so. First of all, I can't believe it is already the 1st of June. We have officially embarked into the sixth month of the year we're halfway done and it's so funny because i know half the time the year's going by too slow and the other half the time the year's going by too fast but uh it's my opinion once we get to the third quarter which is quick coming up quickly the year is basically over and uh, i think the year is going to end pretty quickly so uh thanks everyone for joining us we are live currently on twitch d live and the foxhole app so i uh, hope you guys are uh Got your seatbelts nice and snuggy, and uh, you brought your snacks. No, just kidding. We're not going to have that long of a show today, so you may not require snacks, but it's always good to bring snacks whenever you come to the Sea Report because you never know what you're going to get. Uh, but um, today at the head of the show, um, I just wanted to say now, I know I've mentioned it in the past couple of shows. Um, my sister had uh, had a surgery on her, her left eye Um um, and all that. So, but uh, she's been catching up with some of the reports. Uh, so, Sister C asked me to personally thank you all, the viewers, for your prayers and your well wishes. Uh, and she said that as soon as she's good to go again in the department uh, of vision, <laughs> that she will most definitely be in the chats um, and engaging all of you all because she uh, she does have a good time. Uh, she does have a good time, um, you know, visiting and listening to some of the programs over here at the Foxhole app. So uh, I just wanted to relay that message for her. She asked that I deliver that uh, message to you all for her with many thanks again uh, uh, on behalf of our family for for the support and the prayers. We do definitely appreciate that. But um, in the meantime, guys, before we get underway with today's show, uh, we'll go ahead and do a quick chat recap. And I almost didn't get to get to go through all. We had a pretty active chat uh, last show. We had a lot of new faces, at least a lot of new names I hadn't seen before. But Day Tripper was in the house. Thank you so much, Day, Tri Day Tripper, again um, for your support. Uh, Freedom's not free. Um, thank you for the gold pill, Tam Gural. Day Tripper, oh boy, got me some nice gold pills going there as well. Gary Flesner was in the house. He says, I heard BMI is watching and that can get you a 10 grand fine. So uh, we were talking about at the onset of the show, uh, why Twitch uh, as opposed to uh, other places and, and why I prefer to use the Foxhole for the time being, because um, they, they are going to be cracking down on music over at Twitch, just like ScrewTube did. So uh that was a little, uh, that was a little uh, a good share of information there. If a BMI is watching, don't worry, BMI. I will not play anything that you have released either way. Curious Cat, Scorp Rat, thank you for the gold pills. I do appreciate the donation. Sergeant Sparky, move, move, move any mountain, Shaman. Uh <laughs> I appreciate those words of uh, those words of encouragement and 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 good faith, uh, Sergeant Sparky. Giuseppe, thank you so much for also your gold uh, gold pills. Did I say gold coins? Gold pill uh, donations, and also for being part of uh, the audience. Love Warns was in the house. Monkey Toes, Carrie Lake, you two going back and forth about coming into the show late. It's all right, guys. There's always the replay, and it's always nice to have your spirit with us. Um, um, 
whether you're present or not, but I always see you guys in the chat. I always see you two ladies in the chat. So it's, it's always a nice thing to have you. Don S, I liked what we were talking about here. Um, we were watching the uh, Trump, um, uh, President Trump's first Memorial Day speech yesterday. So that was actually in 2017, uh, because she had asked um, uh, what year it was from. Well, she asked if it was from last year. So that's just for clarification. But she also caught what I caught about that whenever uh, President Trump had called about uh, peace and, uh, and not having to deal with war for the next 1,000 years. Yeah, Donna said that means Satan has been put into the pit. And I caught that right away, too. I was like, ooh, this is pretty interesting. So, yeah, what year was it? So, a thousand years from 2017, Donna is what we're looking at. P. Tate was in the house. We also had Judy the Lady Pug. Judy the Lady Pug sounds, that's like, sounds like a fun name. Is your, um, is your Lady Pug named Judy by any chance? Or is that just uh, love for your pug there? Um, Carrie Lake, Florida is a right to work state as well. Yeah, we were talking about, um, you know, whenever it comes to these COVID vaccines and all of these supposed mandates, uh, that if you're in a right to work state, I think I called it a work at will. I don't know. I always get that phrase mixed up. But when you're in a right to work state, uh, you can literally get hired or fired for any reason. Uh, it's just usually they will have like some process of performance management to boot you out. So this way they don't have to go through litigation and stuff like that. Um, but either way, I mean, Texas, Florida, they can fire you at, at, at will. Fire at will, right? Okay, Fred44 was in the house. Young Eagle 5, good to see you too, sir. Uh, joy for Trump. I always want to say joy for Trump. Anyways, they were in the house. Good to see you from far away. Got pretty up close yesterday and uh, popped into our chat. So welcome, welcome from far away. Uh, Just V was in the house. Shepherding Shepherd, as a last act of defiance before your expected firing, expose all their evil secrets. God bless the heroes that expose truths. And uh, God, you don't know... Um, you don't know, Shepherding Shepherd, how much those words uh, resonate with me at some points in my life. Um, but yeah, most definitely, uh, Shepherding was uh, talking about uh, how they are firing people for, you know, not getting the vaccines. Of course, we went through that article that's happening at the Houston Methodist uh, Medical Centers where they're firing uh, their, their staff because they're refusing. And some were like, never, ever, ever. And then, of course, we saw in the, we saw in the uh, lawsuit there that they were actually talking about, uh, you know, how it is an mRNA gene therapy vaccine and, you know, how it and the side effects it could have on you. And all of that is in the litigation. It's all in the legalese. So um, that was a lot of truth exposed, I would have to say. And you know what? Defiance before your expected firing. Well said, Shepherding Shepherd. Going out with the bang, right? Uh, leaving on our feet and not on our knees or on our back, as it were. From far away, it's not a vaccine. It's a bioweapon for mass genocide. You know, from far away, it's looking like that a lot more. At least it's becoming more apparent, especially when we're starting to hear and read and find out about all of these connections to Chinese military, to American money, uh, to, to all of these types of things. Um, gain of function, Dr. Fauci, uh, um, uh, labs in you know Virginia and other states here where that uh, kind of activity might have taken place. So um, it definitely is definitely is looking more and more like that. I know I haven't reported too much on those connections here at the Sea Report, but uh, we are bringing you at least the ammunition uh, in regards to how it affects the health and how masks have no efficacy. 
nor do the vaccines. So we'll take we're taking them on we we are taking them on all fronts. Um, but most definitely, um, um, we, it, we all have a hand in spreading that truth. So we'll keep on keeping on in that regard, right, guys? Loco Mo was in the house. <laughs> um, just V, I've never heard of autism when my son has little either. I'm sorry, when my son was little either, I'm sure it happened, but very rarely. And uh, I think I was going on my uh, soapbox about, uh, you know, how vaccines have helped me because after all, I never had polio, right? But at the same time, I do not believe that infants or babies should be getting pumped up with like, you know, 30 shots in two weeks. And I chiefly believe that is what one of the causes of autism um, has been or one of, one of the... Uh, one of the things that have caused it. So Alokomo said, my grandma got COVID and got HCQ and ZPAC. We live in Oklahoma. We have bills that won't allow mandatory vaccines or masks now, thank God. So yes, that's a, that's a good thing. Oklahoma's doing a good thing up there, Locomo. <laughs> Is that Oklahoma? I mean, Oklahoma, my bad. But Locomo, any, I just botched that up. I apologize. Just <laughs> strict that from the record, please. <laughs> I apologize. But no, absolutely. Um, and, and it's a good thing that your grandmother was able to get hydroxychloroquine because there were several people who were not... Um, as Just V stated in a comment shortly thereafter, my doctor said he would not prescribe hydroxychloroquine. I've had him for 40 years. I hate having to change. So yeah, and you see, so that was truly a blessing, um, Locomo, uh, that uh, you were able to um, actually get that. Locomo later on went on to say, we have a right to ask for the medicine that we want. That made me think, whatever happened to the right to try, right? Like, I mean, that was a, that was a bill that, uh, uh, or an order that uh, President Trump had signed, the right to try, that we have the right to at least try any type of drug or, uh, you know, healing uh, modicum that we may want to or desire, as opposed to what the, uh, you know, the medical industrial complex uh, seems to think that that we should have uh, and then and then bar us from using anything else. Now, when it comes to this, especially just be uh, speaking to you, um, that's what I'm talking about when I say, uh, you know, uh, class action lawsuits are coming. Class action lawsuits, they have to come, especially once it is found out uh, for a fact. And we looked at that website, was it uh, c19hq.com? that talked about all of the reports and all the metadata that they had pulled in regard to um, how uh, hydroxychloroquine actually does work, how um, other drugs like ivermectin actually do work, how even sunlight and probably a healthy lifestyle could probably get you past uh, COVID if you're within certain parameters, like, you know, you're not elderly and you're not already, uh, you know, have a predisposition towards uh, sickness for whatever reason. You know, so that was something that was also very true. So the class action lawsuits, I say it would have to be against the doctors, the medical industry, and most importantly, the media, the media, the media, the media, Dr. Fauci, absolutely, but the media, because they were complicit in, in denying us that vital information. And they went along against, you know, doctors, against science. I believe in science, right? Um, they went against all of that and they lied to us. So I really do believe class action lawsuits are, are should come. 
I believe they should come. I hope they are coming. Um, and if any of you all were directly infected, infected, right, affected by HCQ, whether it was because yourself, you were actually con con contracted it, because I, I do know people who have contracted it, and then at the same time, they've gotten better. I know people whose family members have, uh, and I know people whose family members contracted it, and they did not get better. Um, they, I, I know I had a friend who lost his mother and his aunt uh, because of HCQ, and then because, I mean, because of lack of HCQ, and then I know people's families uh, who, who were denied the right to see their family members, even on their deathbed, you know, um, because of this COVID sham. And we all lost our jobs. You know, we all lost our monies. We all, we all lost our social lives. We lost so much because of this fake pandemic. And, and, and again, yes, uh, COVID-19 touched every, you know, touched every uh, continent on this planet, a true pandemic, but the, the overblow, the way that they blew it out of proportion, the story they put behind it, that is the sham. And that is what was planned. And none of us would have had the hardship. And then what is there also? The suicide rates, the depression, the, the overdose, the drug use, all of these things. I mean, really, if they had fessed up to hydroxychloroquine being the type of medicine or prophylactic that we could have taken, none of us in this world would have experienced what we experienced last year. You know, and so I do class action lawsuit, guys. And, and I don't think it is fair that taxpayers should have to fit the bill for that. I don't think taxpayers should have to pay for Dr. Fauci's legal, legal bills. I don't think that any of us should have to pay for that. In fact, they should be sued personally. And in fact, um, I said I wasn't going to say this again, but Fauci needs to go on trial for something else. You know, he needs to go on trial for something else. He don't just need to get a lawsuit on a class action. He needs to go to jail. He needs to get he needs to water the tree of liberty with his blood is what he needs to do. Okay, let me get off that topic because I'm going to get too heated here. It's too heated too early. Stone Roller, thank you so much for the gold pill. Napkinator79, uh, thank you for coming in and also for the donation of the gold pills. James Walker 76 how you doing, sir? Dad was in the house. Hey, Dad, what's up? No, just kidding. I don't know. This person's name was Dad. So, you know, hey. Uh, Friendly Gator, T Anomaly, Skeeter Burke, Patriot Bird, 123MRMW. Um, I was going to say 123MORROW, but I don't think that's right. Um, and then let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, B Tech Vendetta. Hobbs is a Rakuklikin, and Nikki Sandal says Hobbs is clearly a rhino, and I say Hobbs is clearly a uh, communist, Marxist, um, Sonic the Hedgehog lesbian. All right, Kelly17 in the house, just fed up. AZ is going for the whole state and all 2020 races now because of what's been found so far. I bet you, I bet you you're right, they're just fed up. I bet you you're 100% right on that one jasper 73 was in the house blue rinse thank you for the blue pill the blue pill <laughs> my bad thank you for the gold pill blue rinse i appreciate that cloud watcher it's always good to have you along uh, patriot bird as well thank you for the donations to the show i'm glad you guys are enjoying the content and what i'm pr uh, producing for you all uh, it was a fun show yesterday better lately was a lurkin as well was a uh, mix 69able uh, but both were present and accounted for blue uh, b tech vendetta again thank you for the um, gold pill uh, shepherding shepherd seize the day 911 Good to have you in the house. So there's a lot of new peeps that were stopping in yesterday for uh, the show, for the C-Report. And I'm always happy to have 
new faces and repeat offenders. Those are my favorites. Um, who and you repeat offenders? Uh, I think you. I think y'all started calling yourself um, Mr. C felons. <laughs> y'all know who you are, and I appreciate your constant. Uh, um, um, I was gonna say a constant offenses, but no, I mean, you know what I mean. I, I do appreciate you guys coming in and watching the show. Um, okay, guys. All right. Let me, let me stop talking and let's start talking. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and do dun, 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 Trump leads at the sea report as ever. And as always, so we'll have a couple of statements from our president, uh, president Donald Trump for you all this afternoon. Uh, let's see what we got first on the list. All right, and I'll go ahead and expand that for you guys in case you'd like to read what I'm reading. Uh, it says here, oh, and we reported this yesterday on the C Report. We reported this, so it's kind of cool. I mean, obviously, Trump didn't, like, come and watch the C Report and then, oh, I would never be so, uh, um, I don't know, what is the word for that? Not arrogant. Like, is it arrogant? I would never be so arrogant to say that President Trump was watching my program and then put this on his, but you guys know that already. Okay, let me go ahead and read what this says. It says, breaking, alarm went off at a secure building in Fulton County, Georgia, where ballots are kept. Building found wide open. Dun, dun, dun. Great work is being done in Georgia revealing the election fraud of the 2020 presidential election. But we must not allow anyone to compromise these ballots by leaving the building unsecured, which was done late Friday. Republicans and patriots must protect this site and the absentee ballots. The left talks about election security, but they do not practice what they preach because they are afraid of what might be found. Fulton County leadership, do the right thing and protect these ballots. Our country is at stake. Very true words there. I mean, come on, what could you expect, right? First things first, uh, we get this uh, we get this sliver of hope when, um, you know, Judge Amaro over there in Georgia decides to go ahead and let voter GA and uh, um, um, uh, Mr. Favrito, uh, Garland Favrito, uh, move in and actually unseal these ballots so they can actually take a higher resolution imprint of them so they can go ahead and begin kind of, uh, I guess, analyzing them. Uh, and then and then the day of the meeting, they put a halt to it. They put a halt to it, and then that happens. So you got to wonder, really, did uh, did the alarm trip and the perpetrators run? Uh, were they already in the building? The, I mean, I didn't get to read any follow-up reports on whether or not the ballots were still secure, if they were missing, if they were still there. We don't know. Well, we will know by tomorrow, hopefully. So do tune in to the C-Report tomorrow, and we'll follow that up again. There is actually a bit more of um, uh, election audit news, but today we will we will actually be looking at what happened in Wyndham, because as we know, the Wyndham County audit ended it. Oh, no, Wyndham County, Wyndham Township audit audit ended on the 27th uh, last week. And, um, and uh, well, people are wondering what's going on. Well, we're going to give you the whole rundown in just a few minutes. So uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. Our next statement from President Trump. Wow. I hear they have thousands and thousands of boats parading in Jupiter, despite the fact that they tried to cancel us. Everyone is having an incredible time on this day. We especially, especially appreciate everyone who served and fought for our great country. I love you all. And we love you too, President Trump. I thought I had, you guys probably saw some of that footage from Wyndham. I swear I thought I'd pulled it up. I don't see it in my meters up here. Hmm. 
Let me let me look down here. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, you know, it was, I mean, it was just like old times, y'all. It was just like when they would have the boat parades and, you know, just the lakes and the rivers would be filled with boats waving Trump flags and all that great stuff. Um, so, but yeah, I'm sure you guys probably saw it. If not, oh, look at, here it is right here. Say, if not, you can, you guys can go and check it out, but let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and pull this, this, let's roll a little bit of this beautiful bean footage. Okay. Uh, let's see, we'll expand that there. We'll do that there. Oh, look at that. God, what I would not give to be on a boat in a lake or a river right now. I just, I don't do boating much, but, but, you know, it just looks like fun. You know, I would take a, uh, I would take a, a, a nice sunny day on the beach or on the lake over, over a winter time, any time of the year. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so a whole bunch of people out there for Memorial Day celebrating, and they're still celebrating President Trump. Uh, I'm, I'm sure all of y'all guys have already seen uh, twice already, I think it was, that they had banners dropping in sports stadiums uh, promoting that Trump won um, because people are waking up. People know, and and it's like, God, we're already in June, and you still are fighting for President Trump? I'm sure it's driving everybody insane absolutely insane and um well i mean they're gonna get what they deserve ultimately because in my opinion we've already won we just need to make sure that uh we keep our boots on the ground and that also um you know we are we are uh, hitting them in the right spots we are hitting them with that stone of david right so we're getting them right where we need to and we're not you know uh just you know flailing our arms at them and trying to act tough <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Okay, guys. So that was just a little bit. This one was like, you could see. Oh, it's now. Oh, look at all the boots. Look at all the boots. That one's a real short clip, though. So, okay. All right. Enough of that, guys. Boop. Okay, cool. All right. All right, guys. So what do I have for you at the start of our show today? Well, um, aside from the statements from our president, I also have a brand new interview that was recorded uh, with President Trump with Dick Morse from Dick Morse's Democracy on Newsmax. So this came out yesterday. Uh, I apologize. This came out on Sunday. Of course, we were playing uh, Trump's memorial speech yesterday, so we held off on playing this one. But we're going to go ahead and watch it now. Hope you don't mind. It's a brand new episode. Now, Dick Morris actually does engage him on different types of questions because, you know, everyone that's talking to him, they're talking about the fraud. They're talking about whether or not he's going to run. They're talking about what he thinks about the Republican Party. And if you're people like Dan Bongino, you're asking him about aliens. Like, come on, guy. Like, there are so many more important things. Listen to what Dick Morris asks him. Dick Morse has more important questions to ask him than aliens. Like, okay, like, I get it. We are not alone, but that should not be what's on top of our brain right now. We should be talking about other things, not aliens. Okay, guys. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll sit back a quick spell for this Dick Morse democracy interview with President Trump. And I will see you all on the other side. Welcome to Dick Morris Democracy. I'm Dick Morris, and today I'm interviewing President Donald Trump by telephone. Hi, Mr. President. It's wonderful to have you here. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Dick. Good. You know, my father and President Trump were associates. My father was President Trump's lawyer, and he's watching us from heaven right now. He is, and he was a great lawyer, and he was tough. He was tough, strong, and yeah. fair, but uh, 
He was a special guy. One of the reasons I like you. you so much, actually, because you have good genes. <laughs> Thank you. Now, an awful lot of Fox News viewers have stopped watching Fox and now turned into Newsmax. Why do you think they left Fox? Well, Fox has been a lot different, and uh, I think they're coming back somewhat, but Fox has been certainly a lot different than it was in 2016. One of the biggest differences in the election, even though I won 75 million votes, one of the biggest differences, which is far more than I won the first time, if you think about it, uh, if... Uh, if you look at what Fox, uh, how they did versus how they did in 2016, it was a day and night, a big right. difference. And people are very angry about it. Do you think it's because they have guys like Mike Wallace as their senior correspondent and Paul Ryan on their board? No, he'd like to be Mike Wallace. That's his father. It's because of Chris Wallace. and he I'm was sorry, Chris was, Wallace. Excuse me. Yeah, he was disastrous. He was, he was your basic disaster. And... Uh, you know, he's just, he's just a very negative guy, and the people don't want to hear that. That's why they tune out. Now, I know you said, and I completely agree with you, that it's the right of every American to decide if they want to be vaccinated or not. But do you think we should require healthcare workers who are exposed to patients to be vaccinated? Well, I think we should certainly try and convince them. Look, I'm a, a big fan of the vaccine. I was the one that got it done in record time, less than nine months. Everyone said it would take three years, five years. And it's why people are getting better now. We, we not only did that, we also ordered billions of dollars uh, worth of it before we even knew if it worked. And that was one of the best bets ever made because they wouldn't have their vaccinations yet. But I, I think having, uh, having uh, workers at least convincing them to try and do it because, you know, I believe in the freedom. I believe in all of that. But the vaccine really has been unbelievably effective, and it's saving this country. It's saving the world. So, yeah, I mean, it's something that uh, hopefully you could convince people to do it, keeping always freedom in mind, but convince people to do it. Do you think that Derek Chauvin got a fair, fair trial? Say it again. Do you think Derek Chauvin got a fair trial? The cop in uh, Minnesota. So I think that it was a, uh, it was probably a very uh, tough in terms of that, but I think he was certainly, uh, he, he behaved terribly. It was a terrible scene. Look, that video uh, was just absolutely a terrible situation. That was, it was uncalled for. Nobody's seen anything like it. The video was so devastating that I guess you could say that trial ended before it started. Uh, but, you know, I think there were a lot of threats. I think a lot of people were, I think jurors were threatened uh, in a sense. I think that uh, everybody felt threatened and it was bad all around. But the video, if you, you know, discount everything else, but the video, the video was a terrible, it was a terrible thing. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Now, sir, you get so little credit for some of the things you've done. Uh, one of your big accomplishments was in solving the immigration crisis by persuading Mexico to hold migrants on their side of the border so they wouldn't get all kinds of American constitutional rights by setting foot here. Why doesn't Biden just instantly resolve his border problems by going back to your policy? If he would have done nothing, we would have had right now the strongest border in history. All he had to do is nothing. I had everything worked out with the other countries, whether it's Guatemala, or Honduras, El Salvador, Mexico. 
and even Mexico, stay in Mexico. In other words, these people had to stay in Mexico, and they couldn't get into our country. And he ended that. It is just crazy what they did. And the question is, do they do it out of incompetence, which I happen to think, or they do it because they really believe open borders are good for this country, which they're not. We won't have a country. They're destroying our country. Now, you gained eight points among Hispanics and six points among Asians in the last elections. And I think it's because these are folks who want to be Americans. They voted with their feet right. to become Americans. They dreamed of it. And then they saw the left tearing this country down, and they voted against it. Do you think Republicans will eventually carry the Latino vote? I think they have a chance because the the if you look at the Latino vote, it's very entrepreneurial. These are great entrepreneurs. They're great business people. They love hard work. They love money, and they're making money, and they're very entrepreneurial. And obviously, Asians the same way. And I also did well with the African-American vote. So we did well with yes, everything. We I think we got 75 million votes, and there's no way he got yep. 80, okay? There's no way. And yep. you know that, and so does everybody Mr. else. Mr. President, we all do. Do you think that Black Lives Matter siding with the Palestinians over the Israelis will hurt their cause? I think they have a chance because I don't think it's going to help their cause. I think what's happened to Israel is one of the great uh, – injustices you know if you if you look back 10 or 12 years ago israel was so protected by congress congress loved israel now especially if you look at the house the house doesn't like israel the house is protective of anything other than israel what's gone on with the house with aoc and with omar and all of these people and pelosi uh, they are not in favor of israel and yet the jewish vote goes to the democrats so someday you'll have to explain yeah. that to me, because there's nobody that's, that's done right. more for Israel than I have. You got that right. You know, one of the things you don't get credit for that really blew me away was when you negotiated that new trade deal with Mexico and Canada. First right. time in world history that you required Mexican car companies to pay their workers 16 bucks an hour, they now make three, to be able to import their products into the U.S. without tariffs. Revolutionary concept. How on earth did you ever get Mexico to go along with it? Well, we made a great deal. Look, it was NAFTA. It was the worst deal in the history of our country, trade deal. And it was a disaster. I made the USMCA, that's with Mexico and Canada, great for our farmers, great for manufacturers, great for everybody. And when they raise it, it was good for the Mexican worker, but it was also, it made Mexico... Uh, you know, less uh, give gave them less of an advantage. They've taken over the course of years, not during my administration, but before they took 32% of our automobile manufacturing business. Right. So when I was able to get that, you saw that some other people, it made them less competitive in terms of sending people That's out. Right. That's why I liked it. And frankly, uh, they were getting paid like nothing. So what happened is we got that done, but we got the USMCA done, which has been an amazing deal for the United States. Yeah. Even Biden didn't try to repeal it. Why well, do you think North Korea? I don't think he could at this point because everybody is loving it. And maybe the farmers more than anybody else, the farmers are loving it. USMCA. No, we're very proud of it. You're right. I don't get any credit. I don't get credit for the China deal either. Now, you know, China changed a lot after COVID. But before COVID, I made a trade deal with China that benefited us incredibly. We were cutting their deficits. The farmers are doing better now, and the farm 
belt than they've ever done before. They've ever done. The, the cost of grain. You know, China buys so many more than that have made our farmers do, you think do business again. Roll back. I'm sorry, sir. Do you think Biden will reimpose these tariffs now that he's in? We don't know what he's going to do, but it's very hard for him to end them because they've been so much money, so much money, billions and billions of dollars is coming into our country. And it's very hard for him to end them. He would have ended them already. He used to talk that he was going to end them. Right. But I think his people said, hey, wait a minute, we're getting billions of dollars and making our companies more competitive with the tariffs that I put on. So, so far, he hasn't ended them because... You know, where do you replace that kind of money? Billions and China never paid us anything. They didn't pay us over the years. They didn't pay us anything, Dick. And now all of a sudden we're getting billions and billions of dollars, tens of billions of dollars a year. And no, I think he is. Uh, I think he is. I, he, he shouldn't get rid of them. That I can tell you. Yeah. Now, sir, thanks to offshore drilling and fracking and Alaska drilling, you've always said correctly that we're energy, energy dependent for the first time in 60 years. But all of the electric car batteries, the solar panels and the windmills are powered by rare earth minerals. And China has right. a virtual monopoly of them. You raise U.S. production by 44 percent. But is Biden just replacing our dependence on the Arabs with dependence on China? Well, we're going to be dependent on China if he doesn't do something about it. And China is getting away with murder and with rare earth. This is so important. And, you know, we have a place in California. They shut it down for environmental reasons. It's crazy. They shut it down for environmental reasons. And it's, it's this beautiful, big, large, many, many, many acres of land. It's got great rare earth. And we shut it down for environmental reasons. It is crazy what we're doing in this country. And, and because of that, we can't make batteries for, so, for cars or for solar energy or well, for wind. Well, we have to go elsewhere. Uh, we have to go to China that. or other countries, right. and uh, that can't be. We have, you know, we have places but, where you can have it, but they don't want them open for environment. I had this one open. I had this one all ready to go. I hear they want to close it down for environmental reasons, and there is no environmental problem. Now. I noticed that after you left office, North Korea fired its first ballistic test missile in right. the last in three years. They hadn't done it under you, but bang, as soon as Biden took over, they took it. What do you think Biden's doing wrong that you did right on North Korea? Well, I developed a very good relationship with Kim Jong-un, and, you know, it's, we get no credit for that. But the fact is, for four years, we had no problem. We were getting along. And now he's very hostile toward Biden and the administration, very, very hostile. But uh, the relationship was a very strong relationship, very good relationship. And it was really something that was going to lead to a deal. And now the relationship is gone. And it's it's too bad. It's too bad. But, no, he's been very hostile and, uh, you know, talking uh, in a very nasty way to Biden. More of my discussion with President Trump in just a moment. <laughs> Who is that? I could let I could let him run his ad, I guess. <laughs> I'll just go inside. So 
Yeah, it's pretty interesting so far. I see a lot of y'all's chat um, in uh, the chat room there talking about the whole Vax thing. Uh, that is really, I mean, that is really an area of contention for a lot of people. Now, I can tell you one thing for sure. If I ever had the chance to actually do some sort of interview with President Trump, I would definitely ask him about that. Um, because I think it, I think it, it's, I think it's very important, especially for so many people in his base, you know, to know, we know, I know, I talk about it here on the C report after all, right. I talk about how these MRNA gene therapy sessions turn you into COVID factories. And we know how the spike proteins are causing people to have thrombrosis and, and aneurysms basically and stuff like that. So it's, it, I think it is a very important question. And then of course, we also talked about how yesterday in uh, that, uh, in that the legal lease of that litigation, that, that lawsuit that was filed, where they even brought up the VAERS report and how the number of deaths and the number of reactions that these people are having, let me get this guy off the screen, uh, that these people are having to this vaccine is like 3,500 times what they normally have. Like it's, it's insane. So um, I think that that would be, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that would be a gotcha question, you know, because I think absolutely um, President Trump is aware of what is going on out there. But the question on everyone's mind is why is he pushing those vaccines? If he, if he has to know it, if we know it, he has to know it. I mean, that just stands to reason, right? Um, so that would definitely be something that I would ask if I ever had that opportunity. Um, but I don't know. Um, I mean, is it 5D chess? Is it, is it because uh, he knows for a fact that if you get the mRNA vaccine, that you will turn into a COVID zombie factory? Or is it because, um, because uh, I don't know. I mean, I really couldn't, I really couldn't. Is it just because the, the left, the liberals, the progressives are still pushing this narrative of COVID? And, and as long as we keep that narrative alive, we don't get to the space aliens, right? So like, as long as we're afraid of COVID, they won't use climate change and they won't use space aliens against us. Maybe that's the other thing because maybe he doesn't think that disclosure should come yet. I don't know. We don't talk about space aliens or Bigfoot here at the Sea Report, but you know, okay guys, it's back. Max TV, watch us anytime. Bye. Today I'm interviewing President Donald Trump by telephone. You know, during the campaign, sir, you and I talked a lot about the effort to defund the police. Uh, now nine cities have done that, and their murder rates are up 68%. 68%. Should yeah. the Fed step in and say that anybody that cuts police funding will lose federal law enforcement assistance aid? It's okay with me. I think if you collect, if you defund the police, you should be on your own because that's insane. And every place that's done it, it's almost like they're a bunch of babies. They don't know what they're doing. It's so basic. Defund the police, crime goes up. That's what's happened. Every single place they've done it, they defund the police, crime goes up. There's no way that a man who is, is politicking on defund the police wins an election. That I can tell you. Right. Now, you know, New York and other states have abolished cash bail. As soon as they arrest the guy, they let him out and they sort of pray that he shows up for trial. How about cutting the law enforcement assistance aid if a state repeals cash bail like New York did? So uh, you look at no cash bail, 
that's another thing. That's the new in vogue thing. Uh, you can murder someone and you get out with no cash bail. It's absolutely insane. What's going on with law and order and crime in this country, it's, and it's only going to get worse. It's going to get much worse, uh, including all of the people that are coming. We had the strongest border in the history of our country. Very few people. Drugs were way down. Human, human trafficking was almost stopped. We did things that were amazing. And you take a look at what's happening now. And let me tell you, they're letting people from prisons. They're opening their prisons. Their prisoners are coming in. They're murderers, they're drug addicts and drug dealers, by the way. And yep. the human traffickers are coming in. They're letting them in. They want them in. They don't want them in their country. So they're saying, send them to the yep. USA. And we're send accepting them, yep. them because they've opened up the border stick. Now, you have always been a strong supporter of women's sports. And you know how much good Title IX of the civil rights did in promoting equality. Now boys are just crossing the street without surgery or even hormone therapy and announcing that they're girls and winning all the scholarships and the championships. Should this be allowed? It's insane. It's very unfair to women. It's going to destroy women's sports if it hasn't already done it. You look at some states, every single record is now held by a person who was a man yep. just a little while ago. Where they in Connecticut, you know, go all 30 into weightlifting. You look at what's going on with the weightlifting records and the track and field records and all of these records, and women aren't going to be able to compete. A, a one young woman in Connecticut, she was the star runner in Connecticut. I had her on my, I had her on my show line. a few weeks ago. No oh, good. She was at the 80 yard line, and the person, the race was over. The whole thing out of a 100 yard dash. Yes. This is insane. And it's going to destroy women's sports. It's, I mean, who's going to, how do you compete? It's, it's so ridiculous. I, I can't even believe we have to have a conversation about it, actually. And Biden says it's no discriminate, that we shouldn't discriminate against transgenders. In fact, we're discriminating against girls. Now, sir, in 22 states, Medicaid money is being used to pay for gender change surgery for kids, for 10 or 11-year-olds. Uh, you didn't allow that. Do you think we should prohibit Medicaid money from going to gender change surgery? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. For kids, young young kids getting it. Young, beyond young. It's ridiculous. Well, sir, thank you. This has been fabulous. And I just want to tell you how fabulous I think you've been as a president. And I just worry that people don't really understand the depth of your achievements. We've touched on a few of them here, and I think it's very important that people understand just how much they're missing you. Well, I appreciate it very much, and say hello to your wife. She's a great woman, and I will see you soon, okay? I do. Well, I remember that once when I read you an ad about uh, defunding the cops, and you said, that's a great ad, but you didn't write that. I know who wrote that. Your wife wrote it. You have the genes, but she has the brains. <laughs> You take care of yourself, okay? <laughs> I will. You take care. Thank you, Dick. What does America think of all the stuff? Oh, that was great. <laughs> Dick Morris putting President Trump on the spot. <laughs> Your wife wrote that. <laughs> Anyways, guys. Okay, so that was the latest interview that we have. I'm telling you, President Trump is still making his rounds. Uh, they can't stop him. 
they can't stop what's coming, as we like to say in these parts of the woods. Um, and they definitely cannot stop that man. It's like it's like the Trump train. It just it just it just parked for just a second, just to just to throw some more coal on the fire. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's going to get going again, guys. It's going to get going again. Uh, they, they could not censor him. You cannot cancel the truth, right? That's what they say. And that's what they say. The truth always shines through. All right, guys. So that was that. Uh, pretty good interview. I would say that was a pretty good interview. Um, uh, I, I mean, that was different, you know, um, having this gentleman, Dick Morris, do that interview compared to what we see from the other people who are just like hounding him about the 2024 election and, and Liz Cheney and we don't want to talk about those people anymore. And, uh, and as far as the election goes, let the man work, you know, everything in his due time. He's probably one of those guys. I, I like, I'm not saying like me, but like, I'm the kind of person that's like, I got to do things on my time. Don't rush me. Don't ask me. I'm not going to tell you it's going to happen when it happens. So leave me alone. <laughs> but he's got a lot more grace than I do. President Trump does. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and get into the story. So we're not going to cover, you know, dibbles and dabbles of election integrity or of election fraud. We're going to get into the main, one of the main events, right? One of the main things that was happening um, as far as what's going on in election fraud, that's going to take us right over to New Hampshire. So we're going to talk about New Hampshire because uh, the whole thing was like botched from the beginning. You saw it. I saw it. If you're following us here on the Sea Report or if you're reading the articles underneath the headlines, uh, you might have been able to uh, figure what was going on. I mean, it started with the New Hampshire selectmen. That's their city council basically in Wyndham. And, you know, how they were like basically they had decided who they were going to have do an audit of their vote. Much to the chagrin of the people of Wyndham, who showed up by the hundreds to go ahead and try and put a stop to this city council meeting and tell them that they wanted something different. Of course, then you had the people of the selectmen of Wyndham County saying, well, you had 10 days to like tell us that you had a complaint about it when they we didn't, we didn't they did not even have the information like that information was just breaking when they found out that mark lindman was one of the auditors who would be selected for it and this same mark lindman who used to work on verified voting um was also one of the guys that was writing to maricopa county urging them not to do a forensic audit over there and then so when so they wanted jovan pulitzer over there in in wyndham county that uh, wyndham township that is what the people wanted but that is not what they got so instead they got uh they got mark they got mark lindman that's pictured here mark lindman that's that man right there i could expand his photo if you'd like oh all right so there's mark lindman right uh they got this guy philip stark he's another one a phd they got this guy as one of their auditors and then they also got this man right here this man, Harry Hursty, and boy, do we have some stuff to share with you guys about this man, Harry Hursty. Okay, now, before we get into the full of it, let's finish recapping what happened in Wyndham. Okay, so the uh, people showed up. They basically turned their backs, called for the selectmen of, town, uh, of Wyndham to resign. Of course they didn't. These people spoke with them with some utter righteous indignation that they do not merit like that was their choice they're like how dare you challenge our decision we're going to choose these three fellows to go ahead and do the audit for us now they weren't auditing 2.1 million ballots like they were auditing over in arizona it was more like to the tune of like tens of thousands right so um they they went ahead and they went forward with it 
Now, it was, I believe, in Monday of last week, we did the episode where we recapped the entire audit because they even had live streams on it. Uh, so I took you down the rabbit hole of what they were doing there from, uh, you know, testing the paper, testing the machines. Uh, the, uh, the video feed uh, during the live audit went out again. Now, this seems to be a reoccurring theme in Wyndham um, that happens, but the, uh, the video uh, audit, the video recording went out. So then they replaced whoever was doing that contractual work for them they got rid of that that videographer they got rid of that person brought in someone else new because it was out for an hour an hour and a half and what did they find in that hour an hour and a half well something with the machines uh they had noticed that the seals on the back of the machines now this is the shield the seals where the memory cards go on two of them the seals look like they had been replaced so you know pardon me whoo whoo Got to beat, got to burp me. <laughs> Anyways, so two of the seals, two of the machines, the seals look like they'd been removed and replaced. So, you know, the, the stickers are crinkled. They don't fit exactly perfectly. They're not taut and clean and nice like they used to be. So, and that was over where the um, the memory cards were, were supposed to have been, etc. And then, of course, you know, uh, there were some other things that went on along with that. Um, they had at one point where it's supposed to be the three auditors, right? And these supposed, these guys supposed to be independent from each other they're supposed to be you know basically strangers so they can do the check and balance for each one of these well there was even a point where two of them were gone for a week one of them was gone for a week and, and uh one of them was gone for just shy of a week and then you would see just harry hursty now harry hursty uh the big fellow this one here uh, Sasquatch. We're talking about Sasquatch here at the Sea Report. All right, we're talking about we're talking about what the mainstream media wants us to talk about, right? Anyways, no, uh, Sasquatch here, uh, Harry Hursty. He's the one who's prevalent there the most. Like he was the one that that was there basically every day. He and also this other fellow, and I could not find a photo of him. Uh, um, his, uh, what was this guy? He's the he's the CEO of LHS Incorporated, Jeff Silvestro. Okay, so Jeff Silvestro was there with with this Harry Hursty guy for a few days. He was also seen with the um, the Assistant Secretary of State there. The S Assistant Secretary of State was also present whenever the ballot uh, the the video cameras went out prior to the prior to the audit, and they were out for the, again an hour and a half. And uh, she's seen walking into the secure ballot area. There's a deputy or a deputy sheriff there. And then it's out. And then, you know, uh, an hour and a half later, there's 27 boxes of ballots instead of 23 boxes of ballots, right? Um, <laughs> what's going on, R uh, Rasco in Co... Co Sorry, I cannot read your name. I got, I got someone over there. Thank you, sir. I appreciate this. This is uh, this is Coral. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyways, okay. So as I was saying, um, you had you had the assistant secretary of state and a sheriff deputy there. Uh, the uh, the video goes out, and then you know the next day they count twenty seven boxes instead of twenty three as per their chain of custody, right? Uh, but that's what's going on. And Harry Hursty is hanging out with uh, Jeff Silvestri, who is the CEO of LHS, who are the people that basically sold New Hampshire and five other states in the Northeast these Diebold or these voting machines. And of course, LHS is using the same technology that is coming from Dominion, who's a partial owner of them. So all of this stuff is going on, right? All these red flags are already going up, right? And, and okay, so 
Not only do we find out Harry Hursty as well as Mark Lindman are formally associated with verified voting. Verified voting lost all of its credibility when they had two of their former board members drop out because they were not happy with what was going on with the organization. They were saying things like, well, if you want to continue lying to the American people, um, that then, then, you know, well, we can go ahead and keep using verified voting, but we're not going to have our names part of it. And these guys skedaddled, right? So all of this stuff was already going on with, and that's not to mention, like I said, Mark Lindman, this dude here, did sign, um, did sign some of the paperwork saying, hey, you know, um, uh, maybe we shouldn't be doing the audit in Arizona. We should cease and desist. Like this guy did not support the audit whatsoever. He is, uh, he is one of those snakes in the grass, okay? Um, oh, Rasko of the murderer. Are you from New Hampshire? Because if you are in New Hampshire, you need to start calling for a forensic audit of your total state. And we're going to talk about it right now. Okay, so this is the reason why I'm saying that. Because now, let me go ahead and pull up the flag again. Uh, so now what we have here is they have completed the audit. They completed the audit. It was completed on the 27th. And from this point forward, the auditors, this uh, Mark and Philip and Harry, Mark, Philip, and Harry, they have 45 days to submit their report, right? But here's what's going on. Here's what the papers are reporting. Um, I pulled this article from the Washington Times, and the headlines are, Auditors find no evidence of fraud or political bias in disputed New Hampshire election. Now, I think that's just the headline that they want to go with, right? Because what did they, what did they actually find? They did find that the papers, because don't forget what triggered this whole audit was when uh, Miss, Miss St. Laurent, who is a Democrat who was running for office, did not win. She lost by 24 votes. Right. And she demanded a recount. And when they did the recount, they found that the, the numbers in the machines versus the actual ballots on hand were way off. Something to the tune of like 300 votes. Like she had like 420 votes altogether and she should have had 24. OK, so big red flag. So basically, Miss St. Laurent pantsed herself and pantsed these guys. Like, you know, she she basically, you know, showed them her belly and uh, and was like, scratch it because I want you to do this audit. And when they did this audit, it kicked off this this call for I mean, yeah, they kicked it kicked off with this call for an audit. She wanted a recount, but it kicked off this call for an audit. So since then, these people in New Hampshire and, and most definitely, I'm sure it also has to do with uh, one gentleman by the name of Gardner who uh, has been working with the elections there in Wyndham, I'm sure he has something to do with this also. Um, they don't want them to know exactly what was going on, um, and you'll see why. So here's what we got from it. The machines that they were using to count the vote, the ballots, whenever you would pass the ballot through, it would count the vote, obviously. However, if they were folded in the wrong spot, and in this case, and we showed you guys the video footage, we showed you the documentation last Monday, um, whenever it folded on the line of, um, like, say it folded on St. Laurent's line, uh, it would misread whatever was voted for, and it would give her the vote, okay? And so this was the case where they found that the machines 
were not um, were not uh, reliable. Okay, so the machines were not reliable. So I think that's what they're trying to get out of this. They want to put all of the onus on the machines, and they don't want to put any attention on the fraud that could be happening. But we won't know unless people of New Hampshire stand up again and they go ahead and they get this going because they're going to need that this as we're going to present to you guys right now they are going to need to call for a full forensic audit in the state of new hampshire because we cannot allow these people who were bought sold paid for botched from the beginning to have run they should not have been running this audit and we'll talk about that why in just a minute now so let me get into this article from the washington times it says that there's no evidence of fraud or political bias in a controversial New Hampshire election where a recount and audit has drawn the interest of former President Donald Trump, auditors concluded on Thursday. Rather, auditors investigating the election in the town of Wyndham believe a folding machine used by the town to try to accommodate the number of absentee ballots in the November election is responsible for mistakenly adding to vote counts for candidates in four legislative seats. Okay, so this guy here, Mark Lindman, boop, there's his face again. You're going to see it a couple of times. Mark Lindman says, we found no evidence of fraud or political bias. And that's really all that they wanted. That's what they wanted. Because as long as they could say that, none of them would get in trouble and they would not have to have an audit of the entire state or uh, not even to call for another forensic audit. Now, we need people like Jovan Pulitzer or we need people like the cyber ninjas up in New Hampshire because, oh, my goodness, it goes deeper, guys. And trust me, there is gold at the end of my rabbit holes. I promise you. Okay, so <laughs> all right. So uh, Mark Lehman also went on to say, I have heard no one actually articulate a credible hypothesis of how fraud could account for what we found. Now, Mark, you could say that, especially if you had an inside man by the name of Harry Hursty, who already proved to the world, and we're going to get into that in just a minute, who proved to the world, like what, 14 years ago or so, that these machines are hackable, did it himself, and then this guy goes and does the audit. Okay, it's just, it's juicy, guys. It's so juicy. Okay, so uh, the town used the machines to fold the absentee ballots before sending them to voters. After they were returned, the ballots were fed into a counting machine because the folds on some of these ballots went through a Democrat's name. The ballot was either not counted or the vote went wrongly to that given Democrat. So that's how Miss Christy St. Laurent ended up with like 420 votes to her favor when she actually lost by 24 votes, 420, yeah, 24 votes. And so that was pretty interesting. Now, it does say here that auditors do have to issue their report in 45 days. Lindman says that would include a series of recommendations now why would we want to take recommendations from this knucklehead right here right like we have no reason to he also went on to say we have no reason to think that it's a statewide or national issue although it's clearly possible that occurred in other localities so okay again this is where they're trying to cut off this audit right here like they're trying to butt it like out like they're like okay we did our job we did our audit we found out that the machines were unreliable because of the folding machines that folded them wrong and then we fed them through these ballot machines so there case closed mystery solved all right we can give scooby his new his uh, scooby snacks because we know what happened and so um that's what that's basically the gist of what he was saying now uh there's a dude by the name of gardner um, and uh, let's see, uh, Gardner, do I have his full name here? Oh, yeah. Secretary of State, Bill Gardner. Secretary of State, Bill Gardner. All right. If you're in New Hampshire, I hope you're paying attention. 
He said um, ballots are sent to towns and cities with score marks to facilitate folding, and the state ensures those marks don't go through the ovals where votes are marked. Yet in Wyndham and possibly a few other places, that is exactly what happened. So here you have Secretary of State Bill Gardner saying that, oh, yes, you can trust the rest of my state that no one folded the ballots wrong and went through the ovals for Christie, a St. Laurent, or whoever it was that it might have been, right? And he says that there have never been a there there's never been a ballot we sent out that was scored over an oval. I mean, how can he say that? I don't know. I would think that you would need to have an audit of the entire state to find that. Otherwise, we're just going to take his word for it, right? So Gardner, it says, and so again, this is the Washington Times. So they, this, this was actually like a, a more in the favor of no more future audits, right? It says Gardner has overseen 549 recounts in his 44 years as Secretary of State, including 16 after the November elections. Those recounts involved 168,000 ballots, 22% of the total cast statewide, and 65 polling places. Again, Gardner says, and that's not Gardner on the screen, that's Mark Lindman, but Gardner says, we don't have any reason to believe that any other town is facing this kind of situation. There wasn't anything else that we saw that was like this, and there's not been anything else like it over the years. So I don't know, guys, what do you think? Do you think that we should trust this Bill Gardner? Do you think that he has some merit to what he's saying? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I would trust any of these people. It's like I like to say, I wouldn't trust these people further than I would throw my mama, and I would never throw my mama, so I would never trust these people, right? Okay, so, all right, guys, now we're going to get into some of the deep skinny of it, okay? The following combination of events lends credence to all reasoning behind New Hampshire citizens' distrust of their elected officials, especially some of the Republicans whom we shall deem infiltrators. Because guess what? Everyone seems to be getting infiltrated these days. But uh, through our diligence, the light will shine, right? Okay, so I got this article. Okay, guys, this is where it gets kind of good. Got this article from the Gateway Pundit. Now, the Gateway Pundit kind of sees it the way I see it. These people were embedded. There's all these conflicts. This thing was botched from the jump. And we knew it, and the people of Wyndham knew it. The people of Wyndham knew it because they were out there protesting it. They told them, no, 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 no. And still, Mark Lindman and crew decided to bring in these people and go ahead and just overrun the, the voice of the people. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about some of these individuals. Now, what has come out is that... Philip Stark, that man right there, uh, Philip Stark, uh, he actually um, was appointed by Senator Majority Crying Chuck Schumer and Speaker of the House Hoods Pelosi, otherwise known as Nancy Pelosi. I'm not going to show you any pictures. Don't worry, guys. You don't have to avert thine eyes. Um, but he was appointed by them to work on the EAC the Election Assistance Commission. And what have we talked about with the EAC? We have talked about how they were understaffed, they were underfunded, and the chief information officer for the EAC worked for Dominion for 10 years. And now they got this Yahoo, sorry, this Yahoo, now they got this Yahoo, who has been, uh, who has been appointed by crying Chuck Schumer and Hutz Pelosi himself, themselves. 
to be one of the auditors. Like he was appointed to be on the EAC and now he's an auditor for this grand event in New Hampshire, this grand swindle. It's a swindle poon if I've ever heard of it. Um, but they're and, and then they're just, you know, they're just steamrolling the people of New Hampshire, guys, like steamroll, like my blood would be boiling right now. And we're not even done yet. OK, so Philip Stark and this woman by the name of Barbara Simmons, both of them Ph.D. And Barbara Simmons was the board chair of verified voting and also a member of George Soros's elite democracy alliance board our current appointees to the corrupt and powerful United States Election Assistance Commission. So Philip Stark is sitting there with this Barbara Simmons, and Barbara Simmons is a, point, is, is a George Soros elite dem Democrat, um, democracy elite board member. Okay, hmm, hmm, my spidey sense is starting to tingle. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's starting to tingle. So, okay, so Stark was also appointed by Speaker Pelosi in 2016, and Simmons was appointed for by former Senate Minority Leader Harry Reid. Now, we all know who Harry Reid is, right? He's that, uh, he's the guy who actually got involved with the prostitutes and the, uh, <laughs> Ah, maybe I shouldn't bring that up over there in Nevada. Okay, anyways. Okay, so in 2008, that, that, and that was reaffirmed by now Senate Minority uh, Leader uh, crying Chuck Schumer. So these guys already have ties to the Democrats, progressives, liberals, communists, you know, market, whatever you want to call them, these bad actors, these treasonous SOBs. Like, so that's what's going on there. Um, and then also two of the three New Hampshire election auditors um, Stark and Mark Lindman and co-director were co-director at Verified Voting, and they have direct ties and loyalty to this a powerful American Democrat progressive machine. Like they're tied into it. Like how could they not be doing their bidding? And that's and you know okay, so maybe that's just like oh we're reaching here or or oh we can't do guilt by association. Okay, well then let's just keep on moving along. Okay, let's talk about Harry. Hersty. Boom. Harry Hersty. Harry, Harry and the Hendersons, right? He has some interesting history as well. Um, so first of all, let's talk about how Harry Hersty, the man who was running the uh, part of the audit that had to do with the memory cards of these diebold voting machines, okay? And, and let's not forget... The Diabol voting machines, like I said at the onset of this, owned and sold to New Hampshire, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine, and Vermont, those five states in the Northeast. This is who they do their business with, LHS Incorporated, Jeffrey Silvestro. Okay, and, and this man, Harry Hursty, invited the owner, the CEO of that company to New Hampshire, okay, to be on the audit floor while his own machines are being audited, right? Okay, so Harry Hursty says, oh, well, you know, um, uh, these machines are not hackable. You can't get into them. <laughs> and um, uh, I'm just waving my pen around, just for those of you who are wondering. I do write, though. Anyways, okay, let me get back to this. Okay, so Harry Hursty says that they can't be hacked. Uh, they're secure, right? Okay, so in 2005, Harry Hursty proved to the country that the Diebold machines were, in fact, hackable. Like, okay, so either this man 
is so consumed, like, I don't know, fluoride and everything to destroy his brain and his memory that he doesn't even remember that he is the one who showed America and the world how to hack these machines. Jump to 2021. And he's like, nope, it can't be done. Okay, so it's either that, either his, you know, his pineal gland has suffered and he's taken so many cholesterol pills, he has no more brain, right? That uh, he, hasn't, he doesn't remember. Or he's depending on you, America, to be ignorant, to be uh, complacent, and to be apathetic and not care and just go along with it. Or just dumb. That's what's going on here. It can no longer be some kind of mistake or error of mind. This is it, guys. We're at that point. Either you are either you are doing this with malintent or you are doing this with, you know, uh, it's all malintent altogether. I mean, either he legitimately forgot and did not know or he's doing this with malintent. You know, either he's taking advantage of us or this man has just taken too many cholesterol pills. That's all I could say about it, right? Okay, so in 2005, he proves it. He proves that the memory cards can be hacked and manipulated secretly to change vote counts. Um, and this kind of made me think of that episode of Scandal. I don't know if you guys ever saw that episode of Scandal where they actually talk about hacking into voting machines and they were going after the memory cards, right? I, I was trying to look for that clip, but I couldn't find it. Okay. Anyways, but then let's also for, not forget that the seals on the back of those machines where the memory cards go on two of them were like misplaced. Uh, and he, again, he says that uh, they can't be hacked, but he indeed shows for a fact that they can be hacked. Um, but here's the other thing is that hacks can be undetectable. Now, all Hursty did, and we're actually, I got some video, guys. All Hursty did was he took the Diebold credit card size memory cards. He quickly pre-programmed them. And he used an inexpensive and readily available agricultural scanning device to do this. And then he stuck it back into the Diebold optical scanner. And then, you know, you run your ballots and then you do your tally at the end and boop magically just like that okay so again they didn't get to do a forensic audit like a genuine forensic audit because again you have the man who hacked them who says they're not hackable running this portion of the audit and and he demonstrates on video how quickly it can be done but then when it came to the day and i think it was like on the 12th or 13th or something like that where they're actually doing these cards and he says it takes 90 minutes per memory card to access and to figure out what's going on when he could hack them really quick um, he also affirmed that there were additional ways that these diebold memory cards and mat machines could be quickly hacked he had simply demoed one of them okay a uh, hersty figured out how to hack into the memory card he learned how to hide votes Make losers out of winners and leave no trace behind. And that was a quote from uh, Bev Harris. Now, this is pretty crazy, guys. Um, Diebold repeatedly and aggressively maintained that its machines and memory cards were totally secure and trustworthy. Okay. But again, we've got video. You don't got to take my word for it. Let's roll that film. Okay. Oh, yeah. Let me expand this for you. Well, let me tell you what we're going to do today. We have constructed a mini election, uh, but Harry Hersey, as you have served as a technical advisor of how to do this, we're going to ask you to remain outside. 
After you, let me introduce you to my election staff. To ensure that we've not prepared some sort of a, a device that has been pre-rigged, take the number and then we'll grab that unit and that will be the device that we will count the ballots on. I just feel like this is the one. Okay, and the winner is unit 15191. What we have here is a programmed optical scan ballot. Uh, there is only one question on this ballot. Can the votes on the Diebold system be hacked using the memory card? I have only touched the memory card, not the other parts of the Diebold election system, which is going to be used today. Only the memory card. Uh, I, I can certainly speak for myself and Harry and that we're going to vote yes. All right, then let's have the rest of us vote no. Two individuals, Hugh and Harry, will be voting yes. The rest of us will be voting no. And then we'll scrutinize the ballots afterwards to ensure that that is indeed the mark. I will say that I'm wrong and Diebold is right. And I'm going to say uh, no, they cannot be hacked. It's impossible. So I vote no. I'm going to film myself voting. Okay. I'm going to mark this ballot now. Dr. Thompson. I am going to bar this ballot. Yes. I've seen some pretty concerning things. Well, it's down to your ear the last voter, Harry. All right. I think it could be. So I vote for yes. You will be the second yes. All right. I am here is the memory card I have touched. Okay. Now this is the only piece of Diebold equipment that you've used. That's correct. Well, thank you. Let me take your ballot in. <laughs> this card will go into this slot. The next activity that the election worker does on the morning of the election is turn the machine on making it live to receive votes. When you do that, this machine will produce what is called a zero total tape. The machine is going through a self-test analysis and then it'll spontaneously turn on. This is Harry's card that is telling us that there are zero votes stored in the memory. Okay, let me get the ballots. Let's insert a yes ballot. We're going to put in another no. Seven. And the last no ballot. Eight. Placing the ender card in this device and telling it to turn off its counting function and do its reporting function will now cause the voting machine to turn out a tape reading the number of votes that it had just read. Oh my. <laughs> oh, oh no. What is it? What is it? Seven yes, one no. Oh my god. 
Oh my gosh. Let me see. Here's the tape. Seven people said it could be hacked, but we put through six and two. Six, six no. And two <gasps> yes. yes. Oh my gosh. Do you know what this means? How do we know that Harry didn't just change the report and the votes themselves on the memory card are still correct? If that was the case, when they go into GEMS, the results would be different. Isn't that right? I mean, the only way to know that is to read them into GEMS and to check the vote totals. Should we do that? I think we should, because I want to confirm for my own analysis is this just a superficial right that's a good that's a good question words, did we just change the words on this paper and we will upload this memory card If I had not seen what was behind this, um, I'd have no reason not to. I would have certified this election as a true and accurate result of a vote. I'm sorry, but it does. There's so many reasons. The reason because there are people out there who are giving their lives to, to try to make our elections secure. And they're being called conspiracy theorists and technophobes. And these vendors are lying and saying that everything's all right and it's not all right. And I'm crying because heart is quote somebody that I know who said that our it's as though our country is one country pretending to be another country. How can this be happening to other elections? This really does affect me. I don't know exactly how to describe what what I saw here. Um, it, I think we, as election officials, need to be a little bit more demanding from the vendors as to the technical specifications of this equipment. The vendors are driving the process of voting technology in the United States. I would much rather at this point, I think, focus on allowing citizens to select technology that satisfies their needs. Oh no, get that man off the screen. Guys, that was, that was intense, wasn't it? I mean, it was by reading this oh, memoir my goodness. that I understood. Oh, goodness. Okay. Go away. Okay. Um, 
just seeing the way that 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 one woman um, reacted, I mean, people still cared back then. To answer, uh, I think it was um, just V. Uh, that was in 2005. Um, so, <clears throat> yes, it was before the 2016 elections. Yes, they have known about this for a while. They've known about these things. Uh, but again, it never has gotten any traction, um, uh, at least until now. And so now, New Hampshire, we are going to help you all shine the spotlight on this man, this Harry Hursty who himself showed us on television on a recorded like that lady was all, I'm going to record myself writing down my vote. I was like props to you, Karen, but like, um, you know, it's insane. And this same guy, the same man minus the beard and maybe 10 or 15 pounds is the same man that was auditing the elections for them this past week. Um, just prior to Memorial day weekend and Memorial day. Same man. Now, um, Harry Hursty, his own testimony about, I say Diebold, but I guess it's pronounced Diebold, um, the Diebold AccuVote OS machines and memory cards given at the New Hampshire House Election Law Committee hearings on September 19th, 2007, confirmed his official oh, professional opinion that these machines and memory cards are untrustworthy, Okay untrustworthy he said and let me let me go ahead and put his face up on the screen there he is again he said if you are believing on poll tape that doesn't mean a thing because i can control the whole thing over whatever logic and accuracy that you perform just before the election because i have control i can compare the date the time and so in order to be producing fraudulent tape I will be producing fraudulent tape only on Tuesday evening. And I don't worry about what ballots go through. Okay, so this was your classic example of vote flipping. And of course, we know that since 05, 07, it's not just sticking in a memory card and it, it switches the votes for you. You know, it's not just that anymore, obviously. You know, they had, look at what they're doing in Arizona. Everything from the, the stock of the paper to the, the ballots that were sent out to the machines, to the routers, to where the, the systems and the data went, all of it. Like, like Arizona, everything, I think, went into the pot there at Arizona. But this type of fraud has been known. And that's why I mentioned a scandal earlier. Now, I'm not a big TV watcher, but uh, my sis turned me on to that show Scandal. Again, I was like 10 years later, like it was like an 08 show. And in one of the episodes, in one of the first couple of seasons, uh, they actually showed an example of this. And I thought to myself, well, wow. I was like, why is the establishment showing us the way that they work? And it was probably, I don't know, a red herring or something just so that we could we could be satisfied with it. Or maybe we'll think it's a white hat production when everybody knows that, uh, you know, um, my sister would kill me for not remembering the name of that writer. Um, you know, the, the one that hangs out with Michelle Obama, who wrote, you know, Scandal and also Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy, which went on to make every freaking hospital worker in the world apathetic and just like full of themselves and, and, uh, and concerned about their own drama right like 
Um, they're sharing their trade secrets with us. Well, that's just because this was one of the ways that they could do it. And this man, Harry Hursty, showed it to the world. And then he's the one that ends up auditing the very same machines and saying that they are not hackable, they are not compromisable, and it's just a big old fat lie. So someone needs to remind Harry Hursty about his own work, tell him to get off the cholesterol pills, and he'll get his brain back. Okay. So that's what we're looking at here. We have these cold hard facts that these machines are hackable, not only by their memory cards, but then also if you fold the ballots in the wrong way, it'll count them wrong. So very undependable, very unreliable. But again, the story that the media is going to give you is that the machines in Wyndham County, the folding machines, not even the voting machines, the folding machines, that's what's wrong. We don't need to do a forensic audit of the entire state of New Hampshire. New Hampshire, we're telling you now, you need to get your boots on the ground, New Hampshire. You need to get your boots on the ground. Now, they showed up in droves whenever they were going against the selectmen, choosing Harry Hursty and Philip Stark and Mark Lindman to do the audit, two of which are not even computer scientists, by the way. Not even computer scientists. And they, they showed up, guys. That's why I say... If people have the right information, they will act. If they are given the correct information, they will act. You know, good people will act if they are given the good, right information. And, you know, this is coming out now. This is something that really needs to happen because just because of this, and we're not done yet, guys, just because of this alone, I would say disqualified, get that man out of there and let's get in an auditing group that will get this moving because absolutely that is something that needs to happen. We have to ask ourselves, why are Mark Lindman um, and, and, and Hursty and, and uh, why are they taking 90 minutes to do these reads of these memory cards when he did it in seconds, right? You know, that's just one of the things. Why did Hersey agree to audit these Diebold memory cards, even though he gave national exposure to how they're being hacked and how they're, they're egregious built-in flaws that are undeniable and, and it can only lead to suspicion, right? I mean, there's no shadow of doubt here. And then also verified voting, you know, why is it that they're hiding that Hursty actually did work with them as well. That's something else. So here's another note that we'll talk about in regard to, we'll call them the Wyndham Three. Mark, uh, Steve, or sorry, Philip. <laughs> Mark, Steve, or Philip. No, Mark, Philip, and uh, Harry here, right? These three guys, like I said, were supposed to be separate, independent, the checks and balances to each other, even though some of them disappeared for short whiles of a time. But they actually knew each other and worked together before. Um, and now, as I pointed out, Hursty and Mark, both of them were working for verified voting at one point or another, right? Um, now, the Internet Archive in regards to Hursty's place at verified voting showed that as of April 19th, he was a member of their board. Then on May 3rd, when the New Hampshire AG and SOS, the uh, Attorney General and the Secretary of State, hired him to be a member of this audit, te audit team, his picture and his biography were gone by May 5th, Cinco de Cuatro, from the verified voting website. So they erased his, his, um, they erased his existence from the board, even though him and Mark Linden both served on it, right? Philip Stark whom Hursty and Lindman selected was the third person. Now, Philip Stark, he was either employed or contracted by them, but he, this guy here, Philip Stark, and Harry Hursty 
used to work together in a business called Nordic Innovation Labs. And Nordic Innovation Labs conducts security assessment and vulnerability consultant consultations. Uh, now, on the business page um, of this uh, Nordic Invitation Labs, Stark is one of the three um, Nordic Network team members that is coupled up with Harry Hursty. So they all knew each other. Do you think that maybe there could be some sort of collusion here? Do you think that possibly there could be some sort of conspiracy? I would say so. I would say so. See, we're not just talking about a little bit of this audit information. This is full-on audit information, and they must perform a full forensic audit of the New Hampshire vote for the 2020 elections. All of this alone should disqualify them, right? All of this alone. And again, you had the selectmen over there in Winman saying, oh, well, you know, you had 10 days. You had 10 days. And even though you're submitting valid arguments now, too bad, a little too late, a little too, le a little too less. It's just, it's insane, guys, the way that they're treating the people over there. Okay. So instead of being professional and independently functioning, these guys were actually like in cahoots with each other, basically. Okay, so uh, now remember how I mentioned that um, Nancy Pelosi and crying Chuck Schumer had actually appointed uh, Philip Stark uh, to the EAC? Well, just, you know, just to put a little cherry on top, I thought I would, uh, you guys probably remember this as well. Nancy Pelosi uh, actually has some connections to Dominion. Now, just to make sure I get that, you know, circle closed, in regards to Dominion, because you're probably like, yeah, but we're talking about Diebold here. Okay, well, Diebold Election System was acquired by Global Election Systems in 2002, and they changed their name in 2007 to Premier Election Solutions. And then in 2010, they were partially purchased by Dominion Voting System. So here's the Grand Connect, guys. Okay, so Dominion, that, and we already went through the LHS Incorporated website, if you tuned in with us on uh, Monday of last week, uh, where we went through the entire New Hampshire audit and everything that happened. We talked about LHS Incorporated, we talked about Jeffrey Silvestro, and we talked about how, uh, indeed, they do peddle Dominion software to the five states in the great, greater Northeast, you know, Maine, Connecticut, Vermont, Massachusetts, and New Hampshire, Right. So these are the guys that do the work for them in those five states. Right. And Dominion is a big part of it. Now, Nancy Pelosi also has connections to I like to call her Hoods Pelosi. You'd have to tune into the first episode I did here on the Foxhole app. It was like April 1st or 2nd where I explained Hoods Pelosi. OK, anyways, Hoods Pelosi. OK, so Hoods Pelosi has a connection to Dominion. So I'm going to play this video real quick. We're almost done, guys. We're almost done. And then uh, and then look who's that on the screen, guys. Oh, we all know and love her. OK, all right. Let's go ahead and play this video. I'm not talking about Maria Bartiromo, by the way. Okay, I'm talking about Sydney Powell. All right. Let's go ahead and play this clip real quick where she talks about Nancy Pelosi's connections legal team in contesting this election. Sydney, we talked about the Dominion software. I know that there were voting irregularities. Tell me about that. Let's put it mildly. The computer glitches could not and should not have happened in at, at all. Those, that is where the fraud took place, where they were flipping votes in the computer system or adding votes that did not exist. We need an audit of all of the computer systems that were, uh, played any role in this fraud whatsoever. 
And, you know, Joe Biden had it right. He said that he had the biggest voter fraud organization ever, and he didn't need people's votes now. He would need people later. They had this all planned, Maria. They had the algorithms. They had the paper ballots waiting to be inserted if and when needed. And notably, President Trump's vote in the blue states went up enormously. That's when they had to stop the vote count and go in and replace votes for Biden and take away Trump votes. I've never seen voting machines stop in the middle of an election, stop down and assess the situation. I also see reports that Nancy Pelosi's longtime chief of staff is a key executive at that company, Richard Blum, Senator Feinstein's husband, significant shareholder of the company. What can you tell us about the interest on the other side of this Dominion software? Well, obviously, they have invested in it for their own reasons and are using it to commit this fraud to steal votes. I think they've even stolen them from other Democrats in their own party who should be outraged about this also. Uh, Bernie wow. Sanders might very well have been the Democratic candidate, but they've stolen against whoever they wanted to steal it from. Sydney, these are incredible charges that you are making this morning. We, of course, will be following this, and we thank you for joining me today. All right. So there you have it. Uh, real quick, if you heard what she was saying there, um, Nancy Pelosi's chief of staff was chief executive for Dominion. OK. And then she also made a drop about uh, uh, Feinstein. Um, I was going to say Nancy Feinstein, <laughs> but about Feinstein, um, about her, actually her husband um, being a heavy stockholder. Now, when it came to Feinstein and her husband, the sauce was not thick enough for me to show you guys because I was looking and and, it, and I could not make the connection between what was on the stock exchange list and what they said was Dominion. But the sauce I could find was this. And that was the connection to the Clinton Global Initiative. OK, so here you said real quick, I'll just show it to you guys. Uh, the Delion Project, Democracy Through Technology from the Clinton Global Initiative right up here says in 2014 dominion voting committed to pro providing emerging and post-conflict democracies with access to voting technology through its philanthropic support to the delian project as many emerging democracies suffer from post-electoral violence due to the, the delay in the publishing of election results over the next three years dominion voting will support election technology pilots with um donated automated voting machines providing an improved electoral process and therefore safer elections. Ha! As a large number of election staff are women, there will be an emphasis on training women who will be the first to benefit from the skills transfer training and use of the ADMs. It's estimated that 100 women will directly benefit from election technology skill training per pilot election. And see, and then they throw in this, they throw in this progressive BS in there as well. I mean, of course we want to train women, but we're going to train them in fraud or what? I mean, come on, that's crazy. Okay. So, all right, guys. So that's the, that's the Democrat progressive connection to this. And, and um, I've got one more point and we'll wrap it up for the C report today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for being 
uh, a great audience over there. And thank you for the gold pills that rolled in. Um, I will recap them on tomorrow's show for sure. I will recap them on tomorrow's show for sure. But let me get this last point in, in regards to this fraud that was going on. And this is, okay, maybe they didn't find fraud, but definitely the actions by these auditors surrounding what they did was fraudulent. Because A, Harry Hursty already knew that they could be hacked. So for him to say otherwise and to do what he did, that's fraud because he knew he could. He did it himself. I mean, I, I don't get why these people regurgitate the same swamp monsters, but apparently they think that's okay. They, apparently they think we have goldfish memory, all of us. Apparently they don't realize that some of us still remember these things from years ago. Okay. And then also, also not to mention that they knew they knew that these machines would misread the votes if there was lines through the paper on the part of the ballot on the person that they're voting for. They knew. So that, to me, also constitutes as fraud. Now, here is a shocking bombshell from the Granite Grok. Granite Grok is a local paper there, paper there in New Hampshire. Now, this is where they talk about how the voting machine firm, um, how they sat. And now we're talking about LHS again. We're talking about Jeff Silvestri or Silvestro of LHS Associates Incorporated, they knew that the folds would cause problems months before the election. They knew. Now, in this article, it says, it was determined that some machines were tricked by the creases in mail-in ballots to the detriment of Republican candidates. The creases resulted in overvotes that crushingly affected straight-ticket Republican ballots, in particular, Politicians and Jeff Silvestro of LHS Associates Incorporated knew this would happen months before the election occurred. Um, and let's see, it says here, in a meeting of the Select Committee on 2020 Emergency Election Support that was held on May 19, 2020, at 2 p.m., everyone, like, you know, you have a city, city council meeting, everyone was accounted for except for Jeff Silvestro, again, this owner of the Diabol machines, Dominion people. And again, he was there on the audit floor this entire time that they were having this audit with Harry Hursty and all these other yahoos, right? Okay, so he was present at this meeting. He was present at this, this it was called the emergency election support meeting. He was not listed as being in attendance. But the only reason they found out why he was is that in the minutes transcribed, he suddenly pops up saying stuff okay so everyone was there uh they had they had house election law committee chair representative barbara j griffin uh david scanlan who's the deputy secretary of state orville fitch who's the legal counsel to the secretary of state and nicholas chong yen who is the assistant attorney general i'm just naming these names so this way you know you know you guys can you, you guys can go find out who these people needs to be so jeff silvestro who's the president of lhs associates also known as dominion appears in the transcript, but again, he's not listed as a participant. And here's what he had to say. When a question was posed about the absentee ballots and whether or not they ought to consider using manila envelopes for people to remit the ballots to avoid having to fold them, Silvestro drew from his pre-existing knowledge of how these machines will misread folded ballots. He said, folded ballots always have a higher possibility of being misread or rejected. The creases can cause shadowing and result in misreading or rejection. He said, I'd like to see less folded ballots, 
but I don't think it's possible with what we're trying to achieve. And that, my friends, is where you have to ask what, in fact, were they trying to achieve in the 2020 presidential election? And um, as a side note, again, this story did not have a lot of sauce, but there's also a story that's out there about observers who said they caught the auditors backdating the voting machines. So if I can find more on that story, I will. But I think, ladies and gentlemen, with everything that I presented to you on the way this audit was concluded, because now we have to wait for their report. They've got 45 days as of the 27th of last month to file the report. They're already saying there's no evidence of fraud or bias, yet you have these people who clearly worked on these machines before, who have worked together, who have worked on verified voting, who did not want Joe Pulitzer in there, who did not want to listen to the people of, of New Hampshire, you know, who ran this sham audit. This is a true fraud, guys. You want to talk about Secretary of State, you know, lesbian Sonic the Hedgehog hair, Katie Hobbs talking about a fraud it? This in New Hampshire is a fraud, guys. This is a 100% fraud it. This is a fake audit. They did no due diligence in searching for what they needed to find out. They had no checks and balances, and they used people who've been in the game for, like, almost on decades, guys. So I would say if you're in the New Hampshire area, if you hear this report, if you read any of these articles, I'll drop them all in my Discord. Then get the word out, guys, because they need help in New Hampshire. This is blatant fraud and deception on the part of the uh, officials of New Hampshire and in Wyndham, and also on the part of these people who are doing this fraud it for these individuals. I'm going to steal Katie Hobbs's line. This was a fraud it. All right, guys, that wraps it up for the C Report today. I hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back again tomorrow. Do, do, do turn in. Oh, and then I also had some new tiles here. If you get a chance, if you're just listening, you can check in at uh, my podcast station, anchor.fm slash the C Report, and you can subscribe there. It's free to subscribe. And or just and just or just subscribe to any of your favorite podcast players. We're on most of them, except for I think iHeart. Uh, you can find the C Report there in case you're a listener and not a viewer. Also, if you are a viewer and not a listener, check out my Rumble, rumble.com slash C slash the C Report. Um, right now, it's a very few videos, but every single episode of the C Report will be dropping on there soon. We're going back from September, or no, February 1st, 2021 was our first episode. We've been on the air every day since. So we will have every episode downloading to Rumble soon in case you want to do some back listening, catch up on some old news. I'll also drop some other treats in there and Easter eggs for you guys if you're interested. So check me out on Rumble, check me out on Anchor, and otherwise, guys, y'all have a great night, and we will see you again tomorrow.